0: Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you are not a distant God who is impossible to know. And thank you for making yourself known to us through your Son, Jesus Christ, and through your word. Uh, Teach us to see the wonders in your words, and help us to believe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sorry, I'm so short. Uh, you've heard it said, every man for himself. Um, it's just human nature, isn't it? And because people live for themselves, they do whatever is necessary to achieve their goals. And you've seen it on the news all the time. Um, in fact, uh, I'll just give you an example like back in the COVID days, COVID lockdowns, uh, especially during the first and second lockdowns, you remember. Uh, the leaders of our country gave us some rules telling us what we can do and what we cannot do. And then suddenly some of them decided that their own comfort is more important than the rules they set. And so they broke the rules and had betrayed people's trust. And maybe something a little more serious. Um, A Nobel Prize winner, I'll let you figure out out who that is. A Nobel Peace Award winner who once stood for democracy, was corrupted by power, and had become a global pariah at the the head of a regime that had excused a genocide somewhere in in close to East Asia. Um, She betrayed those people she fought for. And some of those who were so happy to see her becoming their country's leader um, just a few years back and ended up amongst those who were killed. And if you're fed up, fed up with what's happening in around our world all the time, and you decided to turn to your books, to read a novel or to watch a film on Netflix, and I guarantee you, you'll just see the same thing over again. People betray their own moral standards Uh, People betray their own principles. Some betray those who loved and trusted them, and then people get hurt because of their decisions. And perhaps you too have experienced the painful betrayal uh, by someone close to you because of their uh, self-centeredness. And you wonder if if you could ever love um, that person or trust that person again someone who betrayed you. In our passage this evening from the Gospel of John, Jesus was having this last meal with his 12 disciples. And as MJ had read for us a few minutes ago, we already know this is a story of betrayal. (coughs) But it ends with um, Jesus commanding us to love one another as he has loved them. Uh, to make things simple, we look at how Jesus loved and how we are to love one another. This are two points today. Um, if you peek over to the verse, verses right before our passage, you remember how Jesus washed his disciples' feet to teach them a powerful lesson of servant leadership. And as they started eating, Jesus moves to come to the closure in his relationship with Judas. And just how did Jesus handle the situation? Uh, verse, verses 18 to 20. Jesus addresses the problem of his betrayer. And John, John packed so many information, so many details in, in those first three verses. Jesus told his disciples, I know those who I have chosen. So Judas chose all 12 of them, including Judas, who was about to betray him. Jesus chose him. Uh, Jesus told his disciples, without naming Judas, he said, He who shared my bread has turned against me. If you look at the, the footnote that's on your Bible, uh, the term, turn against, a little footnote, it literally means lift up one's heel. So in their culture, heel and hoof that's the same word so imagine someone lifting his heel give you a malicious kick and that's what betrayal is like someone turn against you it's very nasty it's quite a strong uh, expression yet jesus was saying uh, verse 19 i am telling you now before it happens not if it happens it will happen So that when it does happen you will believe that i am who i am wow not only not only was jesus predicting what's about to happen uh, but he was also saying what's going to happen to him will happen exactly exactly how it should happen Uh, to show us that jesus is the i am who i am and you're familiar with that term i am who i am Uh, it's found in the old testament when when god first appeared to moses in the burning bushes this is this was the name god used to introduce himself to moses so jesus was saying right here he said he he is god he is that i am who i am and jesus was saying he was in control this was what got to happen so you see, Jesus could have told his other disciples about Judas's imminent betrayal. He could have openly confronted Judas. Or Jesus could have fled. But instead, he tells Judas, verse 27, what you are about to do, go and do, do it quickly. And all this points to the fact that Jesus himself actually embraced the cross and this betrayal from one of his closest friends was not a tragic accident it's not a surprise to him everything happened according to his plan Jesus was in full control but a close friend who betrayed him and what I think what must be so hard for Jesus was even though he he knew um, about Judas's betrayal. And even though it's Jesus' own intention to go onto on the cross, to give himself up as a sacrifice for our sins. But um, verses 20 to 21, um, he still had to go through all the emotions and experience the hurt that comes from that betrayal. But still, he, uh, Jesus used, uses this opportunity to procl- proclaim more truth on his identity and the importance of believing in him i guess jesus just didn't fit judas's idea of what a messiah should be like Um, the end of verse 30 judas went out and it was night it gives us a strong contrast to what jesus said before if you remember jesus kept on telling others how he was the light he was light to the world and how by believing in him, you become children of light. And if you are children of light, you will not walk in darkness anymore, any longer, because you are now walking in the light. But Judas, he chose to go the other way. He went into the darkness. And John wrote us back. Um, he wrote back in chapter 11. He said, oops, where was it? Sorry, I didn't get updated. My bad. Uh, I'll read the verse to you. Uh, John wrote back in chapter 11, verse 10. He says, It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. So really, despite what you think a Messiah should look like, Whether you think Jesus was good-looking, or if he was a bit scruffy, or even looking a bit rugged, with what Jesus said, he leaves people only two options. He said, I'm who I am. Either you believe what he said he was, or you don't, like Judas, who chose not to believe Jesus. Uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, you all know him, the author of the Chronicles of the Narnia. He put, puts it like this. If Jesus wasn't who he claimed he is. Sorry, I, I said Jesus, was, I am who I am. He said he was God. If, he, if Jesus wasn't, either he, he was a crazy fool or he was a liar. And you see, if he, if he wasn't God and he didn't know he wasn't, then he is cre- crazy. Uh, Lewis says he is a lunatic on the same level with the man who says he's a poached egg. Uh, And eventually, Jesus died a fool's death. He he died on a cross. He was stupid. Um, Or if Jesus wasn't God, and he knew he wasn't, yet he continued to say he, he is. And then he was an evil liar, because over this last 2,000 years, all those who believed in him, including you and I, we've all been deceived. Um, you know, we, we, we were led nowhere and worse still if he was a devil telling us all the lies and we followed him. We followed him into hell. and That's horrible. That's scary. But, but then if Jesus really was who he said he claimed to be, uh, he is the I am who I am, then you and I must make, our, make up our minds. Either you call him Lord, or you don't. Uh, Lewis continued to say, please just don't say he is a great teacher or a legend. Jesus didn't leave us such choice. Uh, verse, verses 31 and 32, uh, Jesus speaks of being glorified immediately after sending his betrayer off to do his deed. Um, In earlier chapters, Jesus talked about that term, being glorified. You remember, that means his death and resurrection. But in our passage today, obviously, he was still eating his food with with the disciples. He's not dead yet. Um, But here, Jesus says, now the Son of Man is glorified. I think Jesus was trying to say two things. Uh, firstly, Judas' betrayal seals the deal. Uh, Judas heading out to betray Jesus tells us that Jesus' death on the cross is basically a done deal. And most people lived for their lives, but Jesus lived for his death, uh, for this very moment, in order that he might be glorified. And secondly, Jesus makes the cross the necessary thing for one to be his disciples. Uh, To be his disciple is to follow him everywhere he goes. And if he suffered, so will we. But if he demonstrated his love for us, shouldn't we also follow his example and love one another? Uh, While we were still sinners, Jesus died for us on the cross. He served us with his death, sacrificed his life to pay the penalty for our sins so that through his death we might live. Verse 33 talks about Jesus' departure. Um, We too will eventually go to where he goes, but not right now, not not where when Jesus is talking to the disciples. And so the consequence was Jesus leaving behind us and his departure is that his disciples must then be his witnesses in the world. And how, how will they do that? By obedience to Jesus' great love commandment, which takes us to our second point. As Jesus loved us, so must we love one another. If you could know in advance, like Jesus did with Judas. Your best friend is going to betray you soon. And would you still be able to love your friend? Uh, obviously, we're not perfect, we're not Jesus. So there's no way we can truly love like Jesus did. But Jesus said, we are to love as he loved us. We love because he first loved us. That's the important, bit. That's what makes Christianity different from other religions. It's because of God's initiative to reach out to us with his salvation. And through believing in Jesus, we become children of God. And therefore, as followers of Christ, verse 35, we are to make ourselves known as Jesus' disciples by loving one another just like how he loved us. So it's not what we do, how we loved, that made God love us, but it's because he loved us first, that we could love others. Verse 34, a new command I give you, Jesus said, as I have loved you, love one another. Love one another, even when your love is not appreciated. But how do we love one another? You see, knowing that Judas was about to betray him, Jesus still chose to love him. He was still showing Judas grace. Uh, Jesus could have done many things, like we said earlier. He could have fled, he could have openly confronted him. But Jesus had done none of that. He, he chose to remain close to Judas and to show him love instead of revealing his true nature to others. Uh, Two things that tells us how the other 11 disciples had no idea Judas was going to betray Jesus. Uh, Verse 22. When Jesus said there's a betrayer amongst them, everyone stared at one another at a loss to know which of them Jesus meant. Then in verse 28 and 29, uh, when Jesus told Judas to go and do it quickly, The disciples thought Jesus gave him a special task to do. He was on a mission. And one thing that tells us, Judas was probably actually highly regarded amongst um, the disciples uh, because he was given charge of the money back. Why would you give money to someone you don't trust? So Judas Judas was very effective in hiding his true nature. None of the other disciples thought he was a bit dodgy. You know, thank you, Jesus, for for pointing that out. No, they they genuinely thought Judas was one of their best buddies. Knowing Judas was about to betray him, Jesus still showed him love and respect. And I don't know if you've been to uh, meals with people from other cultures, but I think there are quite a few cultures show people respect or or show people how fond they are with that person by um, like hand ser- serving the food to, to someone you know like grab the food pass it to their plate and that that's a very common thing to many cultures and here Jesus was doing that dipping the bread and handed to Judas in front of everyone it's it's a way to show show Judas respect and other disciples probably was just thinking the same Judas You know, Jesus respected and loved him, so Jesus was doing that to Judas. So even though he was about to betray Jesus, Jesus had no intention to publicly shaming Judas. But instead, Jesus was still giving Judas grace, giving him an opportunity to change, even up till the last minute. A new command I give you, love one another. When Jesus taught us how we treat our enemies, I mean, we know we know it's a command as well. We have to love our enemies. Jesus didn't specifically use the word "I command you" to love your enemy, but here Jesus said, "A new command, commandment." Uh, sorry, a new command I give you: to love one another. So Jesus specifically make it a strong command. <clears throat> it's not a suggestion; it's a command. And personally, I actually think it's, it's harder to love one another than loving my enemies. Um, why, why do I say that? I think as we decided to become followers of Christ, and like Jesus said many, many times, if you follow me, you're going to suffer. Suffering is to be expected. It's promised. It's part of the deal, the package deal. So when we suffer, you know, we might face oppos- oppositions, persecutions, and attacks coming from the en- enemy front. those are to be expected. But then when a friend comes from your side and betrays you, it's like you know your friend spat, stabbing on your back, and that, that's really painful. That's very hurtful. And I think it's harder to to love one another to love your enemies. Uh, maybe maybe Corrie Ten Boom's story might help um, illustrate my point. Uh, you guys might be familiar of Corrie Ten Boom, uh, famous author of the book, The Hiding Place. Uh, Corrie and her family were famous for hiding Jews in their home during the Nazi o- occupation of Holland. You can see that, that's the, that's the entrance to the hiding place, which is behind the wall. It's a very thin place. Um, so they've been hiding Jews for many years and then eventually she and her sister got caught and were sent to concentration camp where her sister Betsy died. And then Corey recalls her encounter with one of the guards from that concentration camp she was in um, two years after the war. Um, that guard had become a Christian And he asked Corey for forgiveness. And it was so hard for Corey. But with God's help, she did it. She reached her arms out and then grabbed hold of his arms. And she forgave him. And that was the time that she said she she experienced God's love so intensely that she was forgiving that God. And Corey thought to herself if I could forgive and love a Nazi God, who had contributed to my sister's death, uh, then loving others would have been child's play. Loving others would be easy. But years later, when some Christian friends of hers, um, who Corey loved and trusted, had betrayed her and hurt her so much, they did something that's just unbelievable. And she found it hard to love and forgive them. And because, because they had betrayed uh, Corey's trust. And Corey, Corey decided to keep their hurtful letters as evidence to prove that they, what they did to her was wrong. And then 15 years later, um, at the age of 80, Corey thought she had already forgiven them. She, she had forgotten about what they've done, and they were still in good terms, chatting with each other and all that. But Corey had a conversation with an American friend. And that conversation triggered uh, this hurtful memory of Corrie's. And she suddenly realized that she hadn't actually truly forgiven her friends. She was reminded of the Lord Jesus who loved her so much and took away all her sins. Thrown into the bottom of of the sea, gone forever. That was the, the phrase that she loved to use when she talked to others about Jesus's love. Thrown to the bottom of the sea, gone forever. And as a result, she, she was reminded of her grudges against her friends, the letters that she still got. So she decided to burn them or burn all the evidence against her friends. And this time, that was 15 years later, after she first got hurt, uh, she could truly forgive her friends and love them without having a knot in her heart. So, friends, to love one another. As Jesus loved us, is impossible if Jesus isn't your Lord and Savior. Uh, You could put on a friendly face. You could pretend that you're on good terms with one another. But you just can't love as Jesus loved because you cannot give away what you don't possess. To love as Jesus loved, we need to accept his love for us first. We need to accept his death and resurrection, his forgiveness for our own sins. Only then we can love as Jesus loved. Uh, the result of our obedience to his command will be verse 35. People will know that we are Jesus' disciple. So friends, as we draw our time to a close, uh, let me leave us with two thoughts. Firstly, who is Jesus to you? Do you believe who he said he is? I am who I am. Um, It's okay if you haven't made up your mind yet. But may I encourage you to give some thought to what Jesus had to say. Because if what he said is true indeed, you were left with only two choices. Either we are like Judas. Going, into, going out into the dark. Or, like the disciples, following him and become like him. And secondly, for those of us who claim to be Jesus' followers already, uh, in what ways can we be more proactive in loving one another? Is there someone, maybe including yourself, who needs to receive God's love? Uh, God's unconditional love and his forgiveness remember unless we grasp the center of Jesus's death we would never be able to love like Jesus did Um, I'll give us a moment to reflect on those questions then I'll close us in prayer Let us pray. Loving Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Help us daily to see our need for your love and to experience your love and your forgiveness. And help us with the power of your Holy Spirit so that we can obey your command to love one another as Jesus loved us. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen.